Greetings, everyone. This is another version of our music and medicine program. And my name is Dr. Charles Maudlin. I'm the medical director of the Office of Inclusion, Equity, and Diversity at the Metro Health Medical Center. I'm a practicing urologist. I dedicated the majority of my career in the past, over the past 28 years as a kidney transplant surgeon and urologist. I founded uh, what is, uh, had been called the Minority Men's Health Fair. I wanted to have everybody in the listening audience to write down on their calendars, save the date for Thursday, April the 28th, 2022, for our Metro Health Minority Men's Health Fair. It's going to be April the 28th, Thursday evening from 5 p.m. until 8.30 p.m. at several Metro Health locations. So we, we actually have a very entertaining program this evening, but it's also a very serious and important topic that we're going to be talking about. As I mentioned, I've dedicated much of my work to improving the health of men of color. Uh, there are a number of healthcare disparities that men of color experience. Uh, examples are higher rates of prostate cancer, higher death rates from prostate cancer, higher rates of high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, and a number of other conditions that actually contribute to the fact that especially when you look at African-American males, there's about a seven or eight year shorter life expectancy in black males versus Caucasian males. And these disparities don't have to persist. There are things that we can do about it. We're going to be talking about some of the causes of these healthcare disparities, some of the solutions that are available right now. But more specifically, we're going to be talking about fathers and, and health disparities and, and health care needs of, of, our, of the fathers who are out there. And far too long, many of the, the men, the, the fathers have actually ignored their own health care needs, putting the needs of their children, their families at first, and which is very important. Uh, that, that's, you know, fathers should actually place the needs of their children and families um, at the pinnacle of, of what they do and what is important in their lives, but they also at the same time have to uh, be aware of their own health concerns and what is needed to maintain their health. You have to be around, you have to be um, healthy, you need to be functional, you have to be alive in order to be able to take care of your, your kids and your family. So I wanted to say a few brief words before we introduce our my co-host Jerome Brown and our guest. We have a very special guest who I'll introduce in a second and a very uh, special entertainer. Um, but fathers are very important. And again, I've been doing a lot of research. Uh, fathers play a big role in the in their development of their children's um, health and development overall. Uh, it also, recent uh, research has showed that studies show, show that fathers, the father involvement during the perinatal period in the first year of life leads to children who are more ready for school, have an advanced vocabulary and enhanced social skills and are able, better able to regulate their emotions. The father involvement then has significant benefits for everyone involved. And, but fathers actually have difficulty um, many times, not always, but many times navigating certain barriers uh, that may prevent them um, from, from uh, being present um, in, the, in the household or dedicating an, uh, as much time as they would like to uh, to their children. There are things um, that can be done to mitigate this. We're, we're going to speak about that. Um, but again, there are a number of other um, 
topics uh, related to uh, the importance of, of fatherhood that we're going to go through. Um, but right now, I wanted to uh, bring in my cohort host, uh, uh, Mr. Jerome Brown. Uh, Jerome, are you there? Oh, yeah. Good evening, buddy. How you doing? Good evening. Hey, good bro. evening. Yeah, I thought you might be still out fishing um, for those uh, <laughs> what, what, walleye, I think you fished for. Well, in Lake I, let me tell you something. I just left there not too long ago, and I caught a seven-pounder. So I'll how, post how, it later how, on. <laughs> how, how big is that size? Seven pounders so, about like about right there. Outstanding. About the, about the length of my body up here. Yeah. Okay. Huge one. It was a nice one, man. So what is, what is the fi fishing season for, for walleye, just so people know? Uh, starting in the fall, they got something called the fall brawl for the largest walleye caught. You have to weigh it up and they have prizes and stuff like that for the largest. And the fall brawl actually stopped about a week and a half ago. Uh, okay. So they are awarding everyone that caught the biggest walleye for the season. But us anglers are still out there, you know. I want you to take me out there sometime. So, you know, I have to put on a couple of coats to, you know, so I don't freeze. Five, look. So five we shirts, have a very special, what's that? Five shirts, three pairs of <laughs> socks, two hoodies, two jackets. Yeah, that type of stuff. Okay, let's let's do it. So for, for, before we get started, let, t tell the audience a little bit about yourself, some of the, uh, some of your activities that you're engaged in terms of, you know, helping the youth in our community. Okay, um, Doc, I've been a philanthropist for about eight, nine years, maybe almost close to 10 years. Um, we do everything within the community, north, south, east, and west side of Cleveland. Uh, it can vary from toy giveaways, book bag drives, uh, essential supplies, you know, any equipment for uh, this pandemic that we have going on. So we give out masks, uh, we give cleaning supplies out. So we'll choose a place of need it could be the projects. It could be uh, a school and we'll address that need. So if the teacher says, hey, the kids have been coming to school dirty, we'll give uh, toothbrush, toothpaste, um, washing powder, soap, body wash. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if another place say, hey, they don't have no book bags, we'll do a school dance and then we'll give away book bags filled with supplies. So we address the immediate need and we don't use a third party or, or a political red tape. We go right in there ourselves and we get about 20, 30 sponsors all together collectively and we give away that uh, particular product for that day. Yeah, that, that's amazing. So real quick, uh, how, how can somebody reach you if they wanted to contribute or donate to your, your charity? OK, uh, it's Jerome Brown on Facebook and I'm in the music scene, Doc. So it's Dollar Bill Cleveland on Instagram. But, you know, that's where I got the notoriety from and the support from from the music scene in the 2000. So I you know, well, appreciate it. Thanks. So let, let's get into the, the, our program. I, I want to bring in our special guest, um, Mr. Al Grimes. Um, he really doesn't need any introduction. Everybody in, in Cleveland and Northeast Ohio, the state of Ohio, uh, the Midwest, the, the, the country knows um, who Al is. I actually like to refer to Al as, as Big Al. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Al, so you're from the Cuyahoga County Fatherhood Initiative. Tell us yeah. um, a bit about yourself, how long you've been with that um, fatherhood uh, initiative and, and what mm -hmm. some of the stuff that you're, you're doing now. 
Well, we, I actually helped uh, found the program in, in 2004, along with the um, ex commissioner, uh, ex county commissioner uh, Peter Lawson Jones, and um, we knew that there were a lot of programs out there that, that supported moms, uh, but there weren't as many programs out in the community that supported dads. And we know that it is critical for both parents to be involved in raising their children to have the most productive outcomes. So. You know, we established the goals that we still live by today. You know, one is we always um, talk about the importance of fathers being actively involved in their children's lives regularly, whether they're living in the same home as a child or not. We want them involved. The second thing we try to do is when when um, fathers come to the county for services, they're treated in a father-friendly manner. They're treated the same way as a mom, you know, whoever the custodial or non-custodial parent is that they're, you know, they're recognized as equal parents. And the third thing we do is we fund programs to help fathers meet not only the financial needs of their children, but the emotional needs. You know, I saw all the time you can be there all day buying the new Jordans, but if you're not there when fathers need, when children need somebody to talk to, something's missing. On the other hand, you know, you can be best buddies and play video games, but children have to eat. So there has to be a balance. And fatherhood, being a good father is all about a balance. And then the fourth thing we try to do is we celebrate healthy fathers that are out there. There's a lot of dads out there who are grinding every day, doing exactly what they need to be doing. But we don't talk about those dads as much. So those are the four goals. And, and the reason we do it is research says that when fathers are involved, children are less likely to drop out of school, less likely to do drugs, less likely to go to jail, less likely to become, become uh, teenage parents. You know, all the research shows that when dads or when both parents are involved, children live a more positive and productive life. And at the end of the day, it's all about our babies. You know, what are we going to do to make life better for our children? You know, a lot of times adults have already made their decisions in terms of, you know, what they want to do romantically. But, you know, it's about the babies. And what are we going to do to make sure that we have the best outcomes available for children? And so that's kind of some a background. And, and Doc, you know, you and I go back a long way. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think both of us are just trying to make a, a positive input, impact on our communities. You know, whether it's be what I'm doing for dads or what, what we're doing in terms of health, you know, they all kind of kind of come together as, as to, you know, how, how can we make our respective communities better off? And, and you indeed are, are making a positive impact on this whole uh, community and, and this upcoming generation. And, and again, it's, you know, the mother, the father, it's all about placing the priorities of that child first. I, I wanted to bring in, uh, we have a very special entertainer uh, this evening also for music and medicine, um, Rachel Abernathy. Has she joined us? Has, is Rachel? Hey, there you are. Good evening, Dr. Maudlin. Good yeah, evening, good everyone. Evening. Yeah. Hey, Thanks for being here. So, um, so Rachel, I know, um, you know, you and I just recently had an opportunity to meet, but I understand you have a very important upcoming concert. Uh, so tell us about, you know, what you're doing, you know, the work that you're doing, who you are and, and uh, you know, exciting, uh, you know, news about you. And again, we look forward to hearing you uh, um, perform for us this evening. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that, Dr. Modlin. Thank you for the opportunity to be on this show. Um, I uh, met you through Minister Vivian Sharp. 
um, on the uh, Zoom. And I am a choir singer and a choir member for Olivet Institutional Baptist Church. But I also have been asked, you know, many times to sing for weddings, for home goings. I'm known as the Christmas singer. And I basically am here, you know, uh, my purpose is to be an encourager, to be a light bearer, to spread that positivity in, the, in this dark world, because there's a lot of confusion. So the kind of person that I am is I'm a big on motherhood. You know, my husband, Keith Abernathy, and we're raising a 15-year-old, and we really uh, take that seriously. Um, and so I really love what you were talking about, Mr. Grimes, and I, I really pray that more fathers will call and mothers too. And I do want to give a message about what's going on at Severance Hall. Now, this is going to be on Sunday, January 16th at 7 p.m. Um, and tickets are free, but uh, people need to be aware that those free tickets go on sale Saturday, January 8th at 10 a.m., and they typically sell out in two hours. And so the way to get that um, is by going online to clevelandorchestra.com. And you can also call 216-231-1111. And I will personally be there with the choir on severance uh, with the Cleveland Orchestra, my third year doing it. I'm a first soprano, second soprano, alto, and I basically just, you know, love to sing and opera as well. I can hit some some of those notes by the grace of God, but that's that's basically what I'm about. Just easygoing and love to do things that have to do with positivity and that have to do with the community and making it better. So that's basically me in a nutshell. No, that, that, that's a lot, and I, I appreciate you being with us here. Um, I, I would like to add, and again, I don't know, I would suspect that in order to get into the concert this year, you'll have to show proof of vaccination. I went down to Playhouse Square recently and that was what was required, proof of vaccination, so. Absolutely, you have to show that vaccination card that you're double vaccinated and you have to wear a mask. And if you can't show that, then they will not allow you to enter. Because of the pandemic, they really want to be very, very careful and make sure that everyone is safe. So be mindful of that, you will need that vaccination. Uh, card to so Rachel, um, you and I, we're going to, we, we have a, a little surprise to spring on Al and, and Jerome, I understand they're going to be um, singing background vocals for you. That would be beautiful to do that. We'll oh my God. <laughs> so Al, um, like in the beginning, I just, I just touched on this topic that we want to discuss. Uh, again, it's a very serious topic. Uh, because again, oftentimes the needs of men, but also fathers are, are overlooked. And again, I, I've been doing some background research. Um, you know, it says fathers and infants can be equally as attached as mothers and infants. Um, you know, especially, you know, it's important to bond at the beginning of life. Um, you know, fathers who, involve, who are involved even prior to the child's birth, uh, it, evidence and research has shown that there's a higher birth weight Yep. Um, um, when those individuals, when those, those children are born. Um, wow. and, and again, like you mentioned before, even if the father is not present in the home, their involvement can still be uh, very impactful. Um, fathers play a critical role in child uh, development. And again, there, there's a lot of information online that, that talks about, uh, again, this is psychological behavioral health research, mm -hmm. um, found that, um, there can be some disastrous um, consequences, you know, when fathers are not involved, diminished uh, 
of self-esteem, uh, uh, you know, comp compromised physical and emotional security, behavioral problems, truancy, poor academic performance, delinquency, youth crime, promiscuity, teen pregnancy, drug and alcohol abuse. 90% mm -hmm. um, of runaway children have an absent father, uh, exploitation. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. So, so um, tell us, you know, some of the, um, some of the things that you're seeing, you know, what, what type of, um, you know, what's the age range of the individuals that you're, you're predominantly serving, you know, down at the Cuyahoga County Fatherhood Initiative? You know, you know, Doc, uh, most people ask that question and they think, well, it's probably, you know, younger fathers uh, who, you know, who don't know a whole lot. But to tell you the truth, that we serve a range of fathers from new fathers until fathers who are 50. Hmm. And, and wanting to be involved in their children's lives. Some of them um, have not been able to navigate um, the system the way they are. Some of them have, have had legal problems in the past and are trying to now get their, get their right. Uh, um, some of them, you know, uh, have become divorced dads. And now, you know, now uh, that brings a whole nother element into fatherhood. Some of them uh, have become the custodial parent because A, the mother did not want the children, or in some cases, the custodial parent has passed away suddenly. So, you know, we deal with just about, I tell dads all the time, if you're dealing with an issue, the problem is not anything that you've had to deal with over the last 14 or 15 years that we have not heard, we've talked, not not had to deal with. And our calls come from, you know, from all different folks. They may come from the, the father themselves. They may come from the mother of the of the of the father who said, hey, I want my son more involved in my grandson's life. Or sister might say, hey, you know, my brother wants wants to be involved in this child's life, but he just doesn't know, you know, where to get involved. Uh, and, and we deal with a lot of a range of program programs uh, uh, from helping to establish uh, custody and, and paternity to finding jobs uh, for dads to a boot camp for new dads. We talked about the health, you know, healthy children. And we have a boot camp for new dads program at all of the hospitals in Cuyahoga County where dads learn how to hold a child safely. You know how to change the diaper. You say, "Well, that's that's somewhat simple." But you have a lot of fathers who who, be, who are going to become expected dads who've never held a child, um, don't know the first thing about postpartum depression, don't know the first thing about shaken baby syndrome, they don't know the first thing about infant mortality and safe sleep and how a child should you know should sleep on their back alone in a crib. Uh, one statistic that you didn't talk about. But it's, that is really pertinent is African American babies are five times more likely to die from infant mortality than non-white babies, and that's one of the disparities that we see. You know, we see in the community, and there are certain things that that uh, there's certain things that we cannot control, but there are things we can control in terms of you know and safe sleep. We talked about support. Support for a new mom does not begin when a child is born. It be, it be, it begins at conception. The, fine, the moment that you know, if you're more likely than not, when you're a supportive 
from that particular point on, then uh, the baby's going to have uh, healthy birth outcomes. I said, well, Al, what does that mean? Well, it, to me, <laughs> it's real simple. Let's just say a mom finds out she's pregnant, right? What could be more of a stress reliever than knowing that you're going to have a partner that's going to go through this with you, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm not going to be alone. I'm not going to be alone. I got a partner. I got somebody that's going to be going through this process with me, going through doctor visits with me, getting healthy checkups with me. And and stress is the number one, um, the number one factor that plays in the African American moms having infant, I'm mean, having uh, infant mortality issues. It's interesting, and, and I don't hate to get off on this subject, but it's so, so important when we talk about stressors and those kind of things that an African-American mom with a college degree is more like, likely than a, a, non-African Ameri- a non-African-American woman who doesn't have a high school diploma to have infant mortality. Wow. And that's because of some of the stressors that are involved in life. And these are facts. One wow. way... We- one way we can reduce stress is being there for you know the the mother of your child and and when we talk about disparities some of the things that are results of disparities like i said we can control you know if we know what's necessary and then we just you know we walk through it with our partners and i'm sure we're going to get into this more more when we talk about doctor visits and things of that nature but but that's one of our programs. We have a we have a prevent premature fatherhood program. We're going out to teens about not becoming a dad until you are emotionally ready, and dealing with uh you know some of the um, the peer pressure that comes that comes without for do, with uh, doing different things that you're not ready to do. And when I talk about once again, I talk about um, that emotional support. A lot of times when that child has not had conversations about some of this peer pressure with their dad, then when they get in the situation, they don't have, know how to handle the situation. And, you know, like I said, and it's a range of a range of programs to help fathers from the time their child is born um, through school and encouraging them to, to be involved in the academic lives of their children to preventing premature fatherhood as teenagers, to job training and parenting class when they're adults. um, That is so comprehensive. And, and, you know, Jerome, I mean, you know, I I think um, the wealth of knowledge that Al possesses. Absolutely. And, and, you know, he and I'd like to thank he and, and Peter Lawson Jones for, you know, initiating this program, you know, decades ago. But but Al, I, I think you should assemble your knowledge and wisdom and guidance in, into a book form. Um, you, know, you don't want to take that with you. And, and you know, seriously, there, there's so much knowledge that you bring to the table. I, I you know, there's there's no oper- operator's manual that, that comes with becoming a dad. Uh, no. But with that in mind, I, I'd like to, you know, Rachel, um, you know, one, one thing we've talked about before, Jerome, is is the power of, of music in terms of helping reduce, you know, anxiety, distress, um, depression, and, and stress. Um, and that, that's one reason why we've combined the, the, these health topics um, with music and entertainment. So, um, you know, Rachel, um, 
how, how about a little um, music there? Um, um, Absolutely, Dr. Moss. Absolutely. I'm going to sing Oh Holy Night. Uh, music definitely is calming. I don't know what I would do without it. And uh, Dr. Grimes, I don't know what I would have done if my husband wasn't with me during those well mom visits. He was there. And you just really touched my heart because I just was thinking how blessed I am to have had my husband there with me and still with me. So just, just it's a blessing. All right, I'm going to do this a cappella. Oh, holy night. <laughs> a one and a two and a one. Oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and ever pining till he appeared and the soul fell his word. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn fall on your knees oh hear the angel's voice says oh when Christ was born, oh night divine, oh night, oh night divine. Thank you. Yeah, outstanding. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah, so I understand we have uh, one of our other co-hosts has joined us. Um, Jonathan Branch, are you there? Yeah, Jonathan is a nurse out at the Walter Reed Hospital. This program is a national program. And, um, we have national celebrities as co-hosts. Uh, you know. <laughs> By no means a celebrity, but uh, thank you, Dr. Modlin. Good to be here. Good to be here. Good to see everybody. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Jonathan, as a nurse, um, you know, you've encountered, you know, many patients during your career and, and you know, many men, many, many fathers. And, and mm -hmm. you know, you, you would agree that there are unique health concerns that a lot of these fathers have. And, and a lot of times they have un, unmet needs. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts about the importance of fatherhood and, and fathers taking care of their health? Absolutely. Uh, it, it's absolutely important for fathers and for men to to take care of their health. And I, I was listening to what Mr. Grimes had to say, and I am uh, so glad to hear a program or a movement that uh, that emphasizes fathers, that emphasizes men. Uh, a lot of times men are kind of pushed to the background or or, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, are sort of ignored so uh so it was so refreshing to hear him 
uh, come up with with uh, strategies and with um, and, and and with uh, programs that that um, do and do in include men and uh, emphasize how men can take care of themselves and how they can uh, also take care of their families. You know, I think that uh, that a lot of the problems that we see that occur in cities, a lot of the crime, you know, the rising crime rate and, you know, and problems within the cities and within some of our communities are directly uh, attributed to the uh, the uh, lack of uh, male leadership, but the uh, lack of male leadership in the homes and the lack of male leadership in the uh, in the communities. So I so I so Mr. Grimes, I hope your program catches uh, catches fire and uh, and uh, spreads all across the country. Yeah, yeah we we need to get um, you know Al to go out and give um, a presentation to Walter Reed and then. Yeah, so so Jerome, I mean, I'm curious, you know, you interact with a lot of youth out there. Yes. In your philanthropic activities, you know, when you engage in the youth, are, are you seeing the fathers bringing the, the you know, the, the children in to participate in your programs or the mothers, a combination of both? I mean, are, what, what are you seeing out there? What I'm seeing, um, it's the mothers usually bringing in the children. Um, and then you'll see the father show up, but it'll show up by itself. Uh, then he'll leave. And then the mothers are still there. It's, it's situations like that. Um, but as of recent times, I've also noticed the single dad with the children and no mother. So we, we used to not see that, but now I'm starting to see that more. So what's happening is, the same problems that affected the men years ago is catching up to society now to where it's starting to directly affect the woman. So the drug usage, the incarceration, the high death rate is starting to roll over to the other side, the other gender. Now uh, you're starting to have uh, violent offenders being women. Now, uh, again, you're starting to see the drugs uh, affect the women now and them leaving like the dad once did. So this is a huge problem that we're dealing with. You know, I'm a single father. I have custody of my daughter. I've had custody for years. Uh, she, without me being in her life, Lord knows where we would be right now. I know right now the way the dad did it, which was stick by his child, my daughter is doing so much better. I mean, it's just, um, it's night and day, you know, it really is. So. Uh, I'm a living proof that it can be it can be done. It's not easy to all the dads out there. It's not easy because we don't have the programs. We don't even know about the fatherhood initiative, really. You know what I'm saying? We'll hear yeah. the name. But um, after you hear the name, there's no follow up. You know what I mean? So, that you know, I speak for all single dads out there. So I'm, I'm glad that Al came on with us today to uh, put that format out there to the public so they can start visually seeing what they hear about. So we thank you, Absolutely. Al. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So Al, I would, Absolutely. To, to that end, I would actually, and we're gonna get more into the discussion, but so, so I mean, yeah, tell us how, how these guys, you know, in the listening audience and, and the, the mothers out there also, how, how can they how can they get a hold of you, the, the Fatherhood Initiative to access your services? Yeah, well, you know, uh, they can reach our office at any time at 348-3967. That's the Fatherhood Initiative Office. Um, 
And in, if it's do, off, out, off um, hours, we can always be reached by calling 211 at United Way. They have uh, some um, employees who are designated especially to handle fault calls from fathers. So 24 hours a day, if you've got an issue that you want to discuss, you can either call our office or you can call United Ways 211. They have a list of the programs that we have that they can direct you to, or they can direct you back to our office if, if you want to talk with our office. Or you can always go on our website at fatherhoodinitiative.cuyahogacounty.us. Um, and we try to get, like I said, one of, the, one of the key parts of the program is getting out and letting individuals know that we exist through our radio ads, through exactly. our billboard ads, and and getting in people's ear, you know, people tell me all of the time, out, you know, after 17 years, why do you advertise so much? And I say to them, you know, think of the most successful franchise that you can imagine, right? Who would that be? McDonald's, I would say. Have you ever stopped, have you ever heard McDonald's stop advertising? No, all the Absolutely. time. Absolutely not. They want to keep the word out there. They want to keep that out there because what happens, uh, guys, is some might might not connect with the message the first time. But after they hear that second or third time, they might say, you know what? It's time for me to give out a call. Or 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 like I said before, the child's mother might say, Hey, it's time for you to get out the basement, buddy. <laughs> you know, you better call Al. And go <laughs> no, and really, to tell you the truth, guys, that's the village. That's the village that we need. You know, each one teach one. If you have, if you know someone, and listen, none of our families have totally clean skirts. We all, we all got some issues that we go through. We got some people within our, within our, 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 our circles that we interact with that may not be doing as much as they can. But we need to encourage those people to do more for their kids. And you wanted to, and I'll say this too: when I talk about you know both parents being involved, when let's just say two parents don't get along, if one parent isolates isolates the child away from her, them, and their side of the family, they've just cut the child's village in half. You know, if you're a child, would you would you rather have two parents or one would you rather have four grandparents or two grandparents would you have rather have eight cousins on one side and eight cousins on the other 16 or would you rather have eight so when when both families don't work together we've really cut the support system for children in half and and i i think we need to look at that and, and know you know we like to say it takes a village but we all got to be involved for the village to be effective. Yes. So, so Al, um, and again, we, we've all heard speculation in terms of why a lot of these fathers are not involved. And, in, in, you know, one thing I've heard, it's not masculine, it's not macho, it, it, you know, for a father to be worried about, you know, feeding babies and changing diapers and reading to kids and walking to the kid. I mean, I mean, we, we have to get past that. That's an old stereotype. Um, are, are you still seeing that, that a lot of guys are, are thinking that it's not macho? It, it, you know what? It, yes, somewhat. But also um, what one of our other guests said before, you know, parenting, there's a lot of different tenets to parenting. You mm -hmm. know, 
parenting is not easy. You know, if it was easy, you know, we just snap our fingers and all of the children would be successful. It takes work. You know, it takes uh, effort. It takes wanting to be involved. You know, it takes, like I said, it takes that emotional connection. And that emotional connection comes through different ways of, you know, having reading to your child and showing that sensitive side. Because one of the things that we don't do as men, and a lot of times as African-American men, we don't want to show weakness, what we what we conceive as weakness. Exactly. You know? And and that not being not being willing to, to show weakness will drive you crazy. And I know Doc is from, from your area, you know, when we start talking about mental health issues and those kind of things, um, you know, those are some of the subjects that we shy away from in our community. And the other thing is humility. As you you know, it's a strength. It's not a weakness to be humility and to, and to show weakness and seek help. And that's what I try to tell you know fathers. Hey, listen, you know, if you had some problems, let's let's work this thing out together. Because at the end of the day, the things that we can control, we want to control so that our kids have the best outcomes. You know, if you if you want your child to be successful in life, happy, you know, and, and, and of course it would be, it seems intuitive that we all do um, as, as mothers and fathers. I mean, think, think of this statistic. Um, children with actively involved fathers are 43% more likely to earn A's in school and 33% less likely to repeat a grade than those without engaged dads. I mean, Again, you know, the, the evidence also shows it's not the amount of time that you spend with your child, but the quality of time. Yes. You know, what, what are your thoughts on that, uh, you know, Rachel? Absolutely. Uh, quality is most important. You know, you, you, uh, the quality of that time. But, you know, the quantity, absolutely ideal is for the mother and father to be together and work it out on behalf of uh, the child. The child didn't ask to come here, right? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's time to put your big boy pants on, big girl pants on and deal with what's going on. And it's nurturing a child. And it's not easy raising a child. You are having a child from a, a newborn and it is totally helpless. It needs you. It needs the father to teach him how to be a man. It needs the mother so that the mother can nurture and together you can work it out. But if both both aren't in the home, it doesn't mean that the child uh, will suffer. Like Jerome, you were saying that you are very involved uh, with your daughter. And so sure. that, that, right. So the involvement, however way it comes, that will definitely show the child, my father didn't abandon me. He was always, you know, in my life. He had my back. He went to all of my uh, parties and, and graduations and I was able to cry on his shoulder when I needed him. So this uh, conversation is very, very near and dear to my heart because again, it helps me to realize just how blessed I am that when I became a mom in 2006, um, my husband and I took it very seriously, and that's why our son uh, is very well-grounded. Uh, he's a leader, and he's not confused, and his grades are good. When it slips, I'll get on him, Dad will get on him, and he turns it right around. So this is just uh, more people need to be made aware of this, um, Mr. Grimes, and, and, and in a bigger spectrum, you know, on Facebook, on Instagram, even commercials. Um, and I know it's going to 
take some funds, but there's a great need uh, for this. For, for because you know, young parents need to understand, you know, that we have this child and the, the party stops. Now it's about going to work and right. showing my son or daughter that, hey, you don't have to make the same mistakes I made having you young at 15. Uh, you know, you can be a success and it doesn't matter how you start, but how you finish. So uh, Dr. Modlin, my thoughts uh, are very near and dear. I'm very passionate about motherhood, about family. Uh, it does take a village, but how do we get that village? You know, it's more than just like you said, Jerome, throwing it out there, a phone number, and then you don't have the connection any longer. You know, we have to keep this going. Advertisements in newspapers, the call in post, the plane dealer, uh, yeah. doing what we, we can advertise everything else when the concert is coming to town. You know what I'm saying? We need to take this just as seriously because our future is riding on this. The welfare, mental well-being, emotional stability of our children are riding on our parents' mom and dad uh, being involved, whether in the house or not. So uh, that's how I feel about it. Very near and dear. Well, I appreciate it. So before we go on to the next subject, you know, getting into the specific, um, you know, health concerns uh, that fathers experience and also a call to action uh, we're going to want Al to give us a call to action in terms of how people in, in the audience can, can get involved. But, but Rachel, um, how about another musical selection? Uh, can, can we hear that beautiful voice? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And is my sound reverbing? Is it okay, guys? You're <clears throat> sounding great to me. All right. Need? Thank you. All right. In my mind, I have the musical notes going. All right. This is a song that's near and dear to my heart. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new. This child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters. Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels ride? And when you kiss your little baby, you know you've kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know? The blind will see, the deaf will hear, and the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lord. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation. Mary, did you know 
that your baby boy would one day rule the nations. Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? The sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Mary, did you know? All right. Amen. Praise amen. God. Amen. 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 All right. We're going to now make sure uh, yeah, to hear you sing uh, MLK. <laughs> the, that's the Sunday right before MLK Day. Correct. That'll be the that Sunday, and then that next day, Monday, will be MLK, and we will be there Sunday. Uh, really, really excited about that. We will have our masks on and everything. Uh, it's a different time now, uh, but it's singers' masks where uh, you will be able to project. But again, uh, try to support if you can. Spread the word. Uh, Saturday, January 8th, 2022. Dial this number, 216-231-1111. Uh, or they can go online at clevelandorchestra.com. Now that's Saturday, January 8th at 10 a.m. It'll be sold out in two hours. It's a small, it's in Severance Hall, but it's a small uh, auditorium. So, you know, come and support. That's going to be Sunday, January 16th at 7 p.m. And I will be there uh, front and center with the rest of the great singers. Uh, and we will be surrounded by the wonderful, the renowned, Cleveland Orchestra with the winds, with the cello, uh, with the drums and everything. And so uh, please come and support. Um, it's going to be, uh, you won't be, uh, it won't, you won't be disappointed because this is celebrating Martin Luther King. It's celebrating the dream. It's celebrating freedom. Uh, and so this is what we're going to do. And we're going to be singing our hearts out and it's going to be beautiful like it is every year. So please spread the word. So, appreciate, so, so hopefully we're going to have a lot of dads bringing their children, of course, you know, with their mothers also. Oh, my gosh. Um, please. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, actually, last week we took fathers and their families to see the movie King Richard. Okay. At Shaker oh, Square. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Smith, that was great. Yeah, nice. that's great. Yeah. So, Al, I, I was serious when I said that you should write a book, but but. There's one book that I, I haven't read it yet, but I just purchased it. I heard, I heard this individual do an interview on the radio, and he wrote a book essentially on what not to do as a father. Um, he talked about, you know, some of the antics uh, that he experienced growing up with his father, uh, Kevin Hart. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. That, this yeah. had a movie come out called Fatherhood as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't believe some of the story. I mean, well, you can believe it. They're true stories, but it, it's hard to believe some of the things that his father did. And, and But he um, came out successful and he used that as, as ammunition and fuel um, so that he would know how to better take care of his own children. But so so in these closing moments, Al, I, I wanted to touch on, you know, what, what are some of the main health concerns that you're seeing in, in your your fatherhood clients? Well, you know, the, 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 the health concerns that we have are, you know, obviously, right? The health concern that everybody has now is COVID. Yes. You know, get tested, you know, get the shot. I'm, I don't, I'm, I am unabashedly say, hey, get the shot. I say all of the time, you can't be a great dad unless you're a healthy dad for the most part. 
you know, if you you, you got it, you you have to. It's thinking about when you're talking when you're thinking about going to doctors' visit uh, to checkups and getting physicals and those kind of things. You're doing those things, you know, uh, for yourself and for your families. You know, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about parenthood. And parenthood, it, there's a lot of different things to being good parents. Uh, you know, we talk about, um, we think we always, we all think that we have time to do things. We got to do, we can do this over, we can do this over. Now, Doc, I know your daughters are getting up there. Rachel, you just talked about your son, 15. Jerome, you just talked about your child. You know, we all think we got time to do things over. But, and I tell that when you miss that, that first play in the first grade, and it's gone and you weren't there, you don't get to do that over. You, you know, that first baseball game that they got when they're looking in the stands and they're, they're hyped up with B-Buzz baseball and you're not you're not there for that game, there's no do-over for that. So you got to get engaged now. And, yeah. and engagement, and not, we've talked about this over the years, engagement includes doing what you can do to maintain your individual health and 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 and, and, and what we do what we do as as a, a people if you will and 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 america i mean african-american or whatever there are things that we can't control you know that for whatever reason for racism our uh, our our social economic status but the things that we can control, we have to do. You know, we can go to the doctor, right? We can get a shot. We can go to school and 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 and, and to to parent teacher conferences. Those are the things that are in our our area of control. One of the things we talk about that we we've done a lot, Doc, is there's a lot of research projects. People come to me a lot of times because they want information on males and on fathers. And they say, hey, can we do once some of your fathers like to be involved in, you know, this research project for for younger fathers so we can gather information. I think that's one of the things as as a uh, uh uh, as a, as a, uh, a race, we need to be we need to participate in because we can't get stuck on what happened a long, long time ago because our lack of participation now is hindering the future of research. Is that right, Doc? You know, absolutely. Um, we not, we must not let our grievances of the past interfere with opportunities that we have today. Booker T. Washington. That's what he said. You know several decades ago, a century ago, it, it's, we have to get a lot of, you know, we have to take advantage of opportunities that are available um, and avail ourselves of those opportunities. And that includes opportunities for preventative health screenings. You know, again, like I said, we're going to have our minority men's health fair, April the 28th. Um, you know, men need to be healthy in order to reach their full potential. And that includes being healthy to take care of their families. You know, know when to get screened for prostate cancer, high blood pressure, diabetes, other conditions. You know, one thing that fathers need to do, should do, can do, is to disseminate information about their personal family history to their children so that their children will know which disease states are more commonly occurring in the family, which disease states they need to be more aware of. Because a lot of these disease states are hereditary, genetic in origin, not not, not all disease states, but they, but they can be. So we need to really communicate 
our, our, our own personal health status and our family history to our children. Um, so one other point I wanted to make, I know it's um, not, it's pertaining to fatherhood, but, but uh, Jonathan, you know, being in the nursing profession, you take care of a lot of, a lot of um, male patients, um, you know, veterans, yeah. you know, out of, out of Walter Reed. And, and I, I bet you see, and, and my, my point is, children need to step up and help take care of their fathers when they get up in age. Um, that, that's one thing that I've seen, and it, it's really disheartening um, when a, a, a father, you know, a male patient is lying in the bed and, and they don't have any visitors. They may, may have several children in the area and they don't take time to, to come and see them. You know, Al Grimes was talking about you can't, there's, there's no opportunity for do-overs in, in many instances. And so when that Absolutely. father is gone, you may yeah. actually wind up regretting not trying to reconcile any differences you had with them, spending time with them. So I, I just wanted to lay that out there as well. So, um, you know, Jerome, any, any uh, closing thoughts um, on our topic of discussion today? Um, this is not going to be an easy uh, journey here. Uh, we all have to be all hands on deck with the situation because uh, we're de dealing with mental illness in a lot of the cases. Um, this, this is generations of mental illness. There's a carryover to the next father or son. Uh, so we're at the process right now. What we all are doing, we're breaking the cycle so it doesn't go to the next generation. Mm -hmm. So understand the importance of each of our roles uh, and what we can bring, bring it to the table. Um, we also have to look after our youth because we have a lot of young parents that are out there and um, just in, in understand the importance. And like Al said, you don't want to wait till you, it's too late, you know, and then too late. There's no do over, you know, so, um, you know, we're going to need everybody to uh, be a part of this and just don't be afraid. If you're a father out there that needs some help, uh, the pride situation drop the pride. We're not judging anybody. We're here to help and to educate everyone that wants to be a part of it. So, um, you know, just important, just understand the importance of it on everyone's end. If we want to change. So, so, so thank you for those remarks. And, and I wanted to, um, you know, thank, uh, Jonathan branch, a uh, nurse. Uh, Great guy. Good to be here. Yeah. Th here. Thanks for being here. Um, you know, Rachel, we, we loved hearing that wonderful thank voice. You. We're going to hear a lot more of you. Thank We're going to have you back um, on this program. Uh, that, that's a that's a must. You're, you're part of our team now. So I feel now, the bond of the connection. I truly do. I love it. The meeting of the minds and we're all on the same page. It's just uh, I've been blessed and just learning from each and every one of you. Um, I really mean that. Dr. Modlin, thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Jerome, Mr. Jerome Brown, I thank you as well. And it was great seeing you again, Mr. Grimes. And also, um, I'm sorry, the nurse, uh, he, Jonathan, 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 so Jonathan. wonderful to meet you as well. And, uh, and I love what you said, Jerome, uh, break the dysfunction. Cause that's exactly the words that came out of my mouth once we had our son, because all of us have dysfunction. There's dysfunction in our in families, but you have to make a conscientious effort to say, wait, the dysfunction stops here. We're only going to take the good things that I've learned with my side of the family, my husband's side, and bring it together and make your memories because there are no do-overs. Nope. And once it's, and then people wonder why mom and why your children don't come to visit you. 
uh, when you are in that bed of affliction. Come on, yeah. we got to take accountability. Were you there for your children? Not every yeah. child is uh, going to be, they should be open-hearted about it. Absolutely, because you're supposed to honor your mother and father, take care of them regardless. But you've got to be there when they're little, right, Mr. Grimes? When they're small, you have yeah. got to be there. They've got to see you. And, uh, but you can always reconcile. It's never too late to reconcile, but I do thank you all so much the bottom of my heart and thank you for inviting me again sometime in the future to be on the show and you can catch me at severance hall on january 16th at 7 p.m thank you very much and you know al i have dedicated most of my career to performing surgery and so i want to apologize i was actually remiss i, I should have said this in the beginning of the program this program tonight was actually sponsored by the cuyahoga county fatherhood initiative so Oh, so uh, we owe you a, a great uh, debt of gratitude for your sponsorship. And, and we, we've only scratched the surface. We have a lot more to talk about, you know, on, on this subject matter. So, you know, yeah, thanks for being here. Real quick, back, just to show you quickly the magnitude, we have about 7,000 dads to go through our programs directly a year. And then we have another 600 to come to our conference. And then our, our fathers walk to school. We have about 20,000 dads that walk their children to school. Wow. So we're touching about 30,000 oh, 30, dads a year, and we still could do more. So right. thank you very much, Doc. And I, and I want to ask you a favor. Those are 30,000, well, the, the ones 40 years and up, 30,000 individuals where I can put my rubber gloves on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and make them compliant with their prostate exams. That's oh, it. Lord, you go. good God. Of my... Hey, John, you, you had something else to say, John? And I did have a question for Rachel. Rachel, what uh, what church? Yes, uh, yes, attend? yes. Olivet Institutional Baptist Church. Yeah, and I'm gonna uh, have to talk to um, I'm gonna have to talk to Pastor Colvin about you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, I like I said, I I kind of stay in the background. I get where I fit in, you know. But um, just I just allow the Lord to use me and ask Him to put me in Amen. places where I can be best used in a positive manner. And um, you know, definitely we can use that in Olivet. You know, we're trying to bring more young people, uh, yeah. young males, into the church. We need new blood. And yeah. uh, so please talk to Pastor Colvin. He is there. <laughs> he is phenomenal. Yeah, he came out of. He came out of our church in Washington, D.C., out of Metropolitan. Oh, and Lady and his wife, Lady Allison. So you're very familiar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my. Very, yeah, very familiar with him. Yeah. Well, when, we mention, when we mention Olivet Church, we we have to mention the great Reverend Dr. Otis Mollison. And Absolutely. Of course, knew him, too. Yeah, he's the, the basis yeah. for a lot of the success I've had over the Absolutely. years. And so I'm grateful yeah. to him. So I want to close out the program you know, we, we've been having these uh, these uh, music and medicine programs, um, you know, for a year now, and I've never actually really, we're, we're talking about, you know, giving back to the youth, and, and I've never actually announced that I have a book out. Um, I, I keep telling them they need to put a better looking guy on the cover. <laughs> but the title of the book, it, it's called, It Isn't Difficult to Do It If You Know How to Do It. it it's a success tips book. It's available up on Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble. I spent about four or five years writing this book. It, it's replete with a number of lessons I learned growing up in central Indiana and on my uh, success journey in becoming a surgeon in Chicago, New York City, and, and here in Cleveland. I've learned a number of things. I've learned um, um, 
a number of things and that, that I want to give back and, and help these younger people navigate their own success journeys. We understand that we cannot eliminate all hurdles or obstacles or oppositions, but but there are things that we can do, uh, you know, bits of wisdom and advice we can impart upon these individuals um, to make their success journey a little bit easier. The title came about, it isn't difficult to do it if you know how to do it. I, I think that's a I think that's a very profound uh, title, and I, and I say that because I didn't come up with the title. My three-year-old daughter, Hannah, she's 23 years old now. She was playing a video game. We had a nanny at the time, and the nanny was watching her play this very complex, fast-moving video game. She goes, Hannah, that looks very difficult to do. Is it difficult to do? And without missing a beat, three years old, she goes, it isn't difficult to do it if you know how to do it. So I'd like to see this book in the hands of every school kid in Cleveland, Northeast Ohio, and every, you know, school library, public library across the nation. So uh, spread the word. I I think it can help our youth. But but with that, I want to go ahead and close out the show. I I want to, um, you know, make people aware that we're going to be doing these, you know, these music and medicine programs uh, often. So so stay tuned for more announcements and flyers. Uh, we're going to have you back, Al. We're going to have you back, Rachel, Jonathan, and and you. and um, you know you're here all the time, um, Jerome. Uh, as I thank you for co-hosting the program. So, with that in mind, uh, we'll see everybody later, and thank the audience for tuning in. Thank you very much. Right, thank you, thank you, Dr. Modlin, for giving back. Awesome. Thank right. you. Yeah.